Welcome to the Rise Method podcast, where we make fitness information available to everyone. I'm Steve. Let's jump in. Hey, folks. Welcome back to the Rise Method podcast. I'm Steve, and today I'm joined with Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm very well, thanks, Steve. How are you? I'm well, you know, living the dream, of course. But Nick, tell me, let's start it off. How's your training coming along? How is your prep coming for your competition? Everything is really good. <laughs> it's great. I, I, I'm not feeling good. You're not feeling good. No, that's but a good that's thing, actually, right? that's to be expected. Yep. Yeah, I'd say so. I think this is the time when you, you, you don't feel as good necessarily. You, you might be, um, yeah, it just might be just that possible little bit leaner. Like re- remember guys, this is not necessarily a healthy pursuit. Uh, it's not something that you aspire to do all the time. So when I'm saying I feel a little bit leaner, I'm losing strength. Oh, I'm not really losing strength. I'm just losing the will to be strong. So those things come hand in hand with this particular sport. That doesn't mean that it is something that you aspire to do your whole time. It's just a little bit of a celebration of of the physique and then moving forward, it's obviously rebuilding. So um, we might chat about that a little bit today in the podcast about what it means to build muscle and then to then take that back. So we're just revealing what's underneath and it can get a little uncomfy. So I suppose I'm there, but no one wants to hear me whinging. How's your training? <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a second. But no, 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 no. I want to elaborate that a little bit more. Uh, so when you say you're not feeling good, um, can you provide some more context? Because people often describe it as things like, you know, you're, you're, you're in the void where you're kind of like, the blinkers are on, you're on a mission, um, you just feel the pressure, the weight of everything because you are getting leaner, you are under a bit more stress, you know, physically, emotionally from, in, in a way, restricting your energy. You're in a position where your body's in that like fight or flight response constantly where you're like, oh, gee, I, I, I need food, I need food, I need energy because you're slowly, mm. I guess, in the simplest words, withering away, right? So you kind mm. of feel this, this darkness kind of like, weight upon you and if you're watching the video of this right now nick you're wrapped up in a blanket i'm here in in a t-shirt and sure we're in it is winter we're in winter and we're in different locations but as you get leaner you know you lose that insulation everything just feels like kind of cold and dark Mm. right um but can you elaborate on that more about you know when you say like oh you know i'm i'm not not okay maybe is that the word you you use but like what what, how how could you describe that to someone who's never been in an experience like yourself right now Okay. So for me, I thrive on um, energy. You know, I love to contribute energy to people. I love to be upbeat. I love to push hard in the gym. So basically this is going against all the things that I love to then probably hopefully get towards something that I'm aspiring to, but it's counterintuitive to me because I could go and eat, you know, two big sandwiches right now, peanut butter and whatever, and, and probably feel on top of the world. And yet I'm not doing that because I have a goal, a specific goal. And so therefore, uh, yeah, lots of, there's lots of internal battles going on, but you actually have to get to this point when you are competing because otherwise you probably haven't reached anywhere near where you could be because that's the type of sport it is. So to say that you're feeling great, uh, you know, you can you can feel great, but you just have your moments. You know, um, I don't think it's about necessarily feeling great at this point. I think it's about getting on with it. 
Um, I'm only telling you guys because you know you're all my friends. But yeah, sometimes it, it's not it's not super straightforward with how your brain is reacting to everything. So um, just things are a little bit more of a chore, mm-hmm. or you know, in general, it might my brain might be a bit more sensitive to things. So things that didn't annoy me before might annoy me mm-hmm. a little bit. For yeah. anyone that's interested, I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> sound very good, does it? doesn't sound like a very fun thing to do. Well, I think you're totally right where folks out there would aspire to do what you're doing, Nick, where oh, I want to look this way and maybe they scroll through Instagram or look at magazines or people on TV and go, oh, I want to look like that. And the reality is that it's not very fun to be like that. You know, it's one, I guess you don't get to eat the foods that you want to eat, but then two, you have that kind of burden that you're carrying, right? And can you elaborate on that a little bit more? We said sometimes maybe you're a little bit short with with things uh, mentally. Um, what's it like, you know, maybe physically, emotionally, socially? Like, can you elaborate on that more about how your feeling right now affects your quality of life? Um, okay, so I would say it's just more along the lines of there's a routine to follow for me and uh, anything that, needs deviation from that routine might take a little bit of extra energy which then might uh frustrate me a bit if i let it but people are going to listen to this and go well why do you do it yeah so um that's a whole different discussion but yeah i mean it's just it's very very different to sort of doing a diet for a couple of weeks and going oh i'm a bit hungry it sort of starts to get to where it impacts your sleep a little bit there's um you know, other things that go on where you, you start to not necessarily feel 100% yourself. So it it can be hard when you're used to showing up as high octane and, and people expect that from you as well because that's just my general persona, mm-hmm. you know, in public is mm-hmm. is like quite high octane, quite passionate about stuff. And it's like, oh, where do I find that? It's like my turbo is not on anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um... I want to touch on what you said about like, you know, why do you do this? And some people might be thinking like, you know, how do you stay committed and motivated to this? And in my anecdotal experience, when I was bodybuilding, if anything, I found it easier because it's like you've committed, right? Like, like, you know, you're standing in front of a swimming pool. You can either like dip your toes or you can even, well, before you even do that, you're standing there watching the pool or watching the beach, watching the water. You're like, ah, geez, am I going to get in? You know, what's it going to be like? Especially if anyone's gone, like, swimming in maybe like a a really cold lake. Nick, have you ever done that before? Like swimming in like an icy Mm. lake or a cold lake, right? You're staring at it. Maybe it's dark, maybe it's cold. And you're like, am I going to jump in? Am I going to not, right? You maybe see other people jumping in. Like, I'm going to do this. And maybe you dip your toe in the water and you're like, oh, that's not very fun. Or you dip your foot in the water. Like, ooh, yeah, that's cold. It's kind of like dieting. You were standing on the sidelines watching it. You're like, oh, it doesn't seem like fun. And then you kind of like start the diet and you're like, oh, just this sucks. But then once you kind of jump in the water and you swim around a little bit, you're like, oh, actually, that's not that not that bad. I mean, now you know I'm swimming around. Yeah, okay, it kind of sucks, but I've committed to this. I'm 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 in now. There's no way to kind of get out. It's kind of like this dieting process, right? Where for yourself, Nick, you're so far in that it's easier to keep going than it is to kind of stop, right? It, it's it's part of your life. It's part of your routine. It's your habits. It's your identity. It's you know you're doing it for a really deep reason why it's very personal to you but to fall off the wagon isn't something that's an option to stop isn't an option you know you've committed you're doing this thing and that's kind of like the difference between just leisurely dieting versus committing to this thing and now it's it's 
you're in, you're in for the haul and the, the countdown's on for the date. Um, and then once the event is over, then it becomes the even harder time when you're trying to manage the post uh, you know, show process, which is a, a whole nother kettle of fish. Um, mm. But mm. like, tell, tell us just quickly, like how do you kind of stay like kind of committed to it? Not, or, or not even committed, just like on the straight and narrow, like, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. How, how do you kind of manage all that? I have a very strict routine. I have a very strict routine. I, I have everything mapped out. So it would seem a bit strange to deviate from that routine uh, because I, I'm a very, I love routine anyway. I'm a very routine um, focused and centric person. So um, I think it, it just fits in well. I think uh, it would seem strange if I missed anything that was involved in that routine. So that's how I just keep going. And I basically think of it as one day at a time routine. So tick that box off. It'll make you get closer every single time. So that's how I stay uh, in the zone. Um, I I still love training. So that that's not really a problem. Um, I like pushing myself physically. So it's awesome. It's just the the rest of the world that doesn't stop around it so that's that's the thing where you 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 know you've got to show up for your family and your kids and other things like that so they're the bits where it's important to dig deep and make sure that I'm showing up properly for mm -hmm. them because I don't want them to look back and go she was such a pain in the ass at that time that would be terrible because I'm trying to achieve something that I think is going to be worthwhile so if my family's not there to back me up that would be terrible so yeah. I have to be mindful of people around me as well. Because yeah. if I was just doing this in a bubble, it probably wouldn't be a problem. I could just sleep whenever I want to and whatever, but that's not the case. There's so many other moving parts. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's um, similar to, Nick, do you like the Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when Frodo's carrying the ring, he's carrying the burden and he's, he's you know, got the, the, the evil of... of Saruman? I'm not too sure. I gotta, I gotta touch up on my Lord of the Rings lore. It's it's a similar analogy to what you're going through right now, where you know you're carrying the one ring to rule them all, right? And you know, it's your burden to carry. And it's not fair on the people around you if you pass that burden onto others. Um, and mm. it's very easy if you are dieting and maybe you you haven't been sleeping well and you're just short-tempered um, to take it out on poor Shano or you know the family or you know other commitments in your life. That's not fair to kind of take it out. It's your burden to carry. Um, and that's something mm. to appreciate where, yeah, you got to be present. You got to be in the moment. You got to be living your life. Um, it's not fair to, to make this journey someone else's problem. Um, and I think we can um, appreciate that on all levels from, you know, the hardcore, maybe yourself up in that level, Nick, to maybe the, the, the less hardcore, um, where maybe we're just trying to lose a few kilos, trying to improve our fitness, trying to improve our health, where when things get tough, it's easy to pass the burden onto somebody else. But I think we need to appreciate that it's it's our ring to carry, where it's our goal. You know, when the 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 suck comes in, you know, that's our suck to deal with, and you know, that's something that we need to to take um, control over and say this is this is my thing that I'm managing, and it's not my partner's fault or my kid's fault or my boss's fault or my insert reason why fault. Um, so maybe that does mean you know taking a little bit of um, ownership over it, uh, which can be like a strong idea, like taking ownership of it. Sometimes, you know, we don't completely own it, but 
getting that position where, hey, I have control over this. This is my thing that I'm doing right now. Yeah. And I mean, that's also, that's exciting for me as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that because it's another challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, do it, but do it with integrity and do it with pride. And um, that's even better because Mm -hmm. then uh, at the end, you can feel really proud of the whole situation. And that's the way that I wanted to do it. I don't want to be a pain in the ass. There's too many of them around. (laughs) Uh, That's fair. Now, Nick, (laughs) some folks who are currently doing the rise method challenge have expressed that they might've quote fallen off the wagon Mm-hmm. where nutrition is getting really challenging, training is getting really challenging and might have um, disconnected from their strategy, their plan, their program. Mm. So if someone came to you and was like, Nick, you know, I've been trying to lose weight for the last eight weeks, um, but in the last week, I just I just fallen off the wagon, whatever that is meant to mean. Maybe that means that they are no longer following their plan. They've just eaten a little bit of food that they weren't planning to eat, or maybe they just stopped training. What do you think that person should do, Nick? Well, I would just ask them, do you plan on or plan? Do you plan on never following the plan again? Because if their answer is yes, I plan on just continuing on quote unquote off the wagon forever, then that is what you've decided to do. Otherwise, your only option is to return to the habits that were actually helping you to become the person that you want to be. Now, if you've slowly undone those habits, I'd just concentrate on picking up one habit at a time again until you find yourself back into that sort of equilibrium of of training and eating in a way that is, I guess, conducive to your goal. It doesn't have to happen quickly. If you found that it's too much pressure to do it quickly, you can play the long game, as people say. Take a little bit more time. Um, assess everything, have a look at what's working for you, take it as an opportunity to decide what's working and what's not. What has led you to fall off the wagon? Is it time management? Is it that you are, you know, you've made yourself starving because you haven't planned your meals during the day? Is it that you're not sleeping properly? So ask yourself a few questions before you decide to completely pack it in because you might be further on than you were when you started and you don't want to go back to the starting line. That would suck. That would suck. Mm. Uh, I think this really encompasses that sustainability idea to sustain in the rise method. You know, we've reevaluated, we've implemented, now we're sustaining. And if we mm. fail to sustain, you know, we're not going to get any change. We're not going to evolve, mm. right? We're not going to grow. And I think it's worth, like you said, reflecting on why have you fallen off the wagon? Was maybe your intensity too high? You expected yourself to do 20,000 steps a day, be at a 50% energy deficit, literally starving yourself and then training seven days a week was the intensity too high. And if that's the case, yeah, we can just regress it, make it a little bit easier. It's just like if you're training, you know, if you program yourself to do um, 100 kilos on a squat for 10 reps and you fail at rep number three, okay, you can either keep trying to do 10 reps um, and always just get three reps or just regress it slightly, make it maybe 80 kilos and get your 10 reps out. So we can regress the intensity that we're doing so that we can continue to stick on the plan, right? And that's that's one reason why it's an intensity problem. Um, I think the other reason, of course, is uh, a, a, a priorities-based issue where, you know, the priority to change, the reason to change or what old mate uh, Anthony 
Robbins, Tony Robbins would talk about is the pain to change versus the pain of change. And the pain to change represents something like, you know, Nick, if I was 150 kilos right now, quite overweight, unhealthy, unhappy, uh, you know, there's a pain that I'm feeling, let it be physically, emotionally, um, mentally, I'm carrying a pain. So the pain to change needs to be strong enough than the pain of change. Because the pain of change does involve, okay, I'm going to be dieting, it's going to suck. It's going to be training, it's going to suck. It's going to involve changing my environment, changing my identity, changing who I am. So it's weighing up that balance of the, is the pain to change strong enough, stronger than the pain of change? So reflect on that idea where, what are your priorities right now? You know, is your pain to change strong enough to actually make you do this this thing. And it might be just a slight reframe of what is important to you. Because if you really want to change, yeah, you'll, you'll get back on the wagon, continue with your plan and make it a priority and make it something that you do every single day. Yeah, and also what people might've found out by now is that they might've had some changes. So the, the, the pain to change has diminished a little bit. And that is often where people do fall off the wagon as well, because the initial reason has calmed down a bit, you know, that absolute need and you're feeling better and people are starting to tell you that you look better. The only problem is that what got you there is probably what you need to continue doing in some way. So you can't just go, okay, I'm here now, stuff it because you'll end up back where you started. So you've got to have that pain now to keep changing I guess there needs to still be an urgency within you to get better and better and better which is where bodybuilding steps in and then you become an absolute freak you know a nutcase because you're never satisfied and you don't have to be that but you have to have an element of not giving up because this sort of this fitness thing it's not like a house that you build and then it's built you have to keep building it eternally mm. yeah mm. yeah um, and I think when we reflect on maybe the reasons why we fall off the wagon, we can find a lesson in that reason. And here's one example. So a common reason why I would fall off the wagon is maybe we get busy. So, you know, you've got a deadline at work, uh, you know, the kids run well, um, you know, you're moving jobs, moving house, you know, we're busy. We've got lots on our plate and I can totally respect that and empathize with that. But that can easily be the reason why we fall off the wagon, the reason why we discontinue our fitness journey or not make fitness a priority anymore. Or it could be a, a lesson that we can learn from because you can always ask yourself, you know, when am I not busy? And we're always busy. And, you know, if you can then ask yourself, am I going to be busy in the future? And we can all probably say, yeah, there's going to be a time in my life that I am going to be busy again. So we go, great. It's a great time to learn. It's a great time to learn how we can make this a priority when we're busy right now. So if you thought about your week and you work full time, let's say 40 hours a week, what happens if you worked 60 hours a week? How could you make fitness a priority? You know, how could you do your meal prep? How could you make food choices easier? How could you make training easier? How could you learn in that moment so that in the future you can continue to make fitness a priority. So think about that. How could you make the reason why you've fallen off the wagon a lesson so you can get better? It's all about continuous improvement, reflection, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of humbling experience going, okay, I can learn something from this and then growth. That's all we, we want out of this. Mm, definitely. And at all levels, doesn't matter what, what you're doing. Yeah. Now, Nick, you mentioned a little bit about <clears throat> um, that the, the idea of being hardcore, being 
and that high intensity um, and talking about getting pumped up for training. So right now when you're going to train, how do you like hype yourself up to get you in the zone to go and train? I wish I was sponsored by Monster, but I have a Monster <laughs> drink. <laughs> so I have my I have my ritual uh, where I will have um, some sort of form of caffeine. Uh, it's my it's it's my way of putting myself in the zone. Mm-hmm. Now I can't necessarily feel when it's all kicking in or anything like that, but it's just the way that I prepare myself to go in and train. So if someone told me to train just with my bottle of mineral water, I would do it, but I I wouldn't feel the same way. Mm. And it's probably actually physically because caffeine is, is excellent, but yeah. So I I do that. I I prep myself by doing that. If I'm driving to the gym, I will listen to um, either a podcast that is along the lines of something that will motivate me or make make me feel in the zone or I will listen to some of my favorite music uh, mm-hmm. depending on if I feel like listening to people talking or if I just want to hear some sounds but I, I will put myself in the mood by doing those sorts of things I always make sure that I've got a fresh outfit uh, the night before and um, I also don't let myself overthink it so that's where say Shane goes a little bit wrong sometimes he'll miss a session because he'll hop up or he'll be doing stuff during the day and then he'll get sidetracked or he'll sit there for too long overthink it and talk himself out of it so I don't let myself do that that's another thing I just get up and get out Mm -hmm. whatever it is that I'm doing I get up get out don't even let my brain understand what I'm doing yeah Mm. yeah so there's some things that I do what's your uh, favorite music at the moment um oh it really really depends but but um I like to just hear I I have a playlist at the moment about being a champion (laughs) so like I have to I have to hear songs about being a champion or the game you know it's all about the game just I think that's motorhead (laughs) but like you know um or bliss and so I like um and you know I'm a bit like you I like my 90s kind of I like my my green days and things like that Mm. it was that 2000s I don't know anymore but um love all of that sort of stuff um yeah, so it just depends what's going on, but that's pretty much my go-to. I'll listen to the same song a million times. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I love Eminem at the moment too. Um, just anything that's a bit grumpy. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the gym stereotype is someone who's wearing headphones, maybe like what I'm wearing right now or mm-hmm. earbuds, um, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit of this like high, a little bit of a high, it's it's this high energy vibe of you know, music blaring and you know, maybe the, the doof doof going and maybe the the sniff, the, the sniffing salts and the chalk and the, you know, the like real hype mm-hmm. up to go and train. There's lots of aggression in training. <clears throat> Do you train like that, Nick? No. Uh- people have tried to get me to be aggressive. Mm. Um, I've had people um, help me with smelling salts and that, but I can't even get the correct um, timing with that. So Mm. I'll go and then I'll set up. And so people often say, be more aggressive. I'm just learning possibly to, to be a bit like that um, when I'm lifting, if, if it's towards my max, Um, Mm. but I'm not like that. I, I, I am very introverted in the gym. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not aggressive. I'm just somebody who really likes to keep to themselves when I'm training. Um, I might, if I'm doing some cardio, I might chat to somebody on the treadmill next to me if they're asking me questions or if I'm mates with them. But 
in general, I'm quite subdued. I actually don't, I can't be bothered listening to music um, while I'm training. That sounds really weird. I'm happy when I'm doing my cardio, but just the earbuds and things can annoy me a bit and trying to think of the song or trying to do, I, I don't want that. I just want to concentrate on my training and just go into my quiet zone. So I might be actually very strange, but if I'm in my shed, I'll have something going. Mm. But just if I'm in the gym, I can't be bothered trying to think of the playlist as well as myself. Yeah. It's too much to look after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, this is like the area I wanted to touch on where mm. once upon a time um, I had a training buddy and when we would go and train, um, he would have his headphones on or maybe would have like a, a speaker kind of going and he'd have to have the right song on and at the right time of the song, like maybe the drop. And that was what like hyped him up to train. <clears throat> and it was a bit of like this classical conditioning where he could not train unless there was the right moment, the right hype up, the right music. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and there was so much concentration, like you said, on something external, like music or sound that it kind of detracted from training. And mm -hmm. I think. Uh, the limitation of that is if you are waiting for like music or you need to be at a certain level of stimulation, like, you know, you need the right hype up, insert smelling salts, insert someone slapping your back, insert like, rah, insert like heavy metal in your ears, whatever it is. If you need to wait for that stimulation to go, you are constantly being like, you know, almost overstimulated when you're training. So that kind of leads into this um, idea that you need to have that all or nothing mindset, very easy to talk yourself out of it, very easy to put training up on a pedestal of saying, I can't train unless I am like 100% of my effort. When we know that we get some really amazing results when we simply you know, turn up in the gym, we go to the gym, even if it's five out of 10 effort, a six out of 10 effort, seven out of 10 effort, like just going in and doing some effort is better than no effort. So if you are relying constantly on, you know, really high energy, um, music or stimulation, one, it's going to be really fatiguing you know, emotionally, physically, mentally. And then two, you might be digging yourself a long-term little hole where you can't make fitness really sustainable. Like yourself, Nick, when I go and train, I, I have a little Google home in my garage and I go, Hey Google, play some music. Um, I'll start playing some music. And often it's like, you know, a nursery rhyme that the boys were listening to from Spotify. So, you know, wheels on the bus comes on in the garage. I'm like, great. This is, this is hype up music right now. But I, I often just play some music. I might end up putting on some like indie rock or maybe some like punk rock or some sort of just kind of background noise almost. And half the time I'm not even paying attention to the music because I'm focusing on what I'm trying to do in the gym. That means that when I'm feeling a little bit meh, you know, when I'm feeling a little bit down, I've conditioned myself to, hey, go and train. You're gonna get a good workout out in, you're gonna get a good pump, you're focusing on what you're doing and you leave. I don't need to rely on overstimulation. Yeah, maybe a cup of coffee before I train or some pre-workout, sure. Um, but <clears throat> I don't need this really big elaborate song and dance anymore. Yeah, I was like that in the past um, to be able to go and perform. So this is just something to reflect on is, do you need lots of stimulation to go and train? And that's okay. Is it better long-term to move away from that and focus on what we're trying to do so that you can make this fitness thing uh, something that we do forever? Yeah, I, I just, I find that maybe I'm just getting cranky and old, but I, I can't have too much going on. I think maybe because 
yeah, because there's a lot required with the training and stuff. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't think of what music to listen to. That's what I used to do in spin when I was teaching spin. It was the obsession that everyone had with every every track needed to be hooked up to exactly the right beats and everything. And so I'm kind of over that now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah. it does hype you up. Music is fantastic. It's it's brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of where you are, I suppose. Yep. Um, I have missed too many lifts um, from being overstimulated too. Uh, you know, my yeah. experience with things like uh, sniffing salts, um, just in a very amateur way, um, they made me too stimulated that I just failed the training. Um, same as like, if there's too much like music hype, I'm distracted. Um, mm-hmm. Where, you know, I'm trying to deadlift and it's just a really crappy deadlift execution because the music is just too much to hype me up. And I'm like, ah! you know, I'm trying to turn into a, a super saiyan or something like that when I'm going to lift. But then that just like completely jeopardizes my entire lift and I just lose power. Whereas if I just kind of scale it back, focus on what I'm trying to do, hey, I can actually perform now. Um, So again, just something to consider, like do you always need hype up music versus can you just go and train? Could you train and listen to a podcast? Um, Could you train and listen to an audio book? I've done that in the past. I know Nick, you've done that too. Um, Mm -hmm. Or could you just train in in silence or even just the the ambience of the ambience of the the gym, you know, the gym background music, is that enough to kind of get you just in the zone and just like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm, I'm here, I'm present, I'm doing my thing, it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. And also like, I don't mind, I don't mind being aware of what's going on around me as well. Mm-hmm. I, d- I just feel like if I've got music that's too loud, I'm just not going to be aware of mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, you know, what if someone says, watch out behind you? I don't yeah. know. You yeah. know, I just, I don't want to have an accident at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too much, too much. Yeah, yeah, the training is a sensory experience enough for me, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hear um, mm. I have been to gyms where I'd go in and, and put some headphones on, um, often with noise cancelling headphones, just so I can like focus. Um, but then there's also like that um, maybe social element of, I'm in the gym and I kind of just want to train. Like I just don't really want people to talk to me. And that, that's fine. I get that. Mm. So <laughs> I, I'm not saying that listening to music is a, is a terrible thing. Like, you know, go in the gym, listen to some music and, and, and go on and so forth. Um, but if the, the main point I'm trying to make is that if you constantly need this like really high intensity do to do for like you know that other people can hear what you're listening to and need to wait for the, the music to drop to be able to lift um yeah you might be training at such a high uh intensity level that you know you're just going to burn yourself out and if you are one to say oh i'm always um sick or i'm always injured um or like oh it's such a big effort to go and train it might be because it's you're making it such a big effort to go and train you're trying to train at 11 out of 10 when you could just cruise at like an eight out of 10 and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing my thing. Um, and I'm getting my results. Yeah. And if you're thinking, oh, I could never do that. Maybe you need to give it a go and just give it a go for a few times and see how it goes. So Nick, the other day we had a member create a post saying, uh, that they wanted to look a certain way. Uh, uh, they, they posted some photos of um, a model, maybe an influencer, and they were saying something along the lines of, oh, body goals, you know, this is like my, my, my physique goals. And a bit of tongue in cheek, they also said that, oh, I wish I looked this way, but I just love food too much. And I think both you and I jumped on and said uh, that, you know, you probably need to eat a lot to look like that. And mm. I thought we'd take a moment just to kind of uh, address that idea. So, Often people would come to us and, you know, have 
body goals. I want to look a certain way. I want the six pack. I want the, the, the lean arms, the lean legs. I want the muscle. I want all the things. And that want is often accompanied with um, a, a goal of, I need to lose weight to achieve that. Um, which might have been what this member was saying, where, oh, if I'm going to look like this this model, and this model is quite muscular, had a, had a nice physique, uh, you know, I, I, I ate too much to look like that. And mm. often when folks will come to us and say, oh, I need to lo- look, lose some weight to look like that, yeah, okay, sometimes that is true. But then sometimes it's actually the complete opposite, where you might need to gain some weight to look like that and by gaining that weight we're talking about hey you probably need to build some muscle to look like that and that is a a a very common thing i see um in our members in our communities where folks are like oh i need to lose 10 kilos i'm like oh you probably need to gain 10 kilos to look like that and not gain 10 kilos in just pure body fat gaining it's it's uh hey you probably need to train for another 12 24 months to gain 10 kilos to gain the muscle to experience that that physique much like your transformation nick you know over the last five years when you post your transformation photos focusing on building muscle very uh slow and deliberate weight gain where the physique has transformed into this muscular well-rounded physique going from someone who maybe focuses a lot on cardio from your group fitness background to someone who's prioritizing lots of resistance training and having Mm -hmm. muscles very hard thing to do. And sometimes losing weight is the easy part. Sometimes losing weight as in going from, um, you know, a higher body fat percentage to lower body fat percentage is, is straightforward. It's like, Hey, I'm just on a diet. I'm just going to lose weight. But then building muscle is such a challenging, hard thing to do. It's such a big commitment for, you know, <clears throat> a year, two years and beyond. Um, that hey you're probably going to need to eat more food and, and it's probably a good thing that you like food too much because hey you, you're gonna have, probably have to train yourself to sit there and and eat more foods so that you can gain more mass so that you can have those muscles and look that way that's right there's there's no getting around it you see you if you put there's a there's a couple of pictures that you could put up and you could say i want to look like that and i guess it means no eating but a muscular physique is not one of those. And I would love to continue to dispel that myth. I'm, I'm not sure if we'll ever get there because of the idea of, of especially for women, you know, with, with diet culture and the way that it's always been told that we need to be less and smaller and things. But to get that muscular physique, as, as we've said, even, even myself, um, you have to actually take time to reevaluate what you're eating you can't just eat coffee air and um you know a carrot and expect the things to happen because the the performance that you have to do as a natural athlete to to um reach the heights of muscle that you want to look like that it doesn't come from nothing now we're not talking i, I sound like a walking contradiction because what i'm currently doing is not that but the thing is I have now built enough muscle through the other way to then be able to reveal things. And it still might not be what I want to reveal when it's all said and done. And I might have to go back to the drawing board, eat some more and try again, because um, it's actually so difficult to build. I might've like, when we come down to it and we do measurements and things, it might be like half a centimeter on my quads or something that I, and you know, a little bit on my shoulders, but it, everything adds up in a physique. Mm-hmm. 
but um it's it's not as drastic as as we think because you know how with dieting it can be quite drastic um eating food building up your metabolism building up your your capacity to actually tolerate food is something that everybody should do because then you can actually your body can tolerate a lot more food you suddenly get this ability to then you can eat out if somebody says we're going out you don't have to worry you're you've you've got muscles everything functions well you're lifting heavy and that's when the changes start to happen if you actually dig down into sort of that influencer culture these days with muscular people uh they will they'll tell you what they're eating you ask them just for one second and you'll see it's actually a decent amount of food Mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's a decent amount even like just any influencer will, will show you their shopping list in two seconds you can even message them and say what's your shopping list they'll say well funny you should ask <laughs> here you go everyone wants to tell you but they, they really do eat um this non-eating thing it's not a thing in the fitness world it's mm-hmm. it's the opposite yeah yeah um i think just highlighting what you said about being a walking contradiction of course to lose weight in the definition of weight loss you need to consume fewer calories than you expend. To lose fat, uh, you need to prioritize resistance training while being in an energy deficit. So we need to maintain as much muscle as we can while we're losing weight. And then to build muscle, we need to prioritize resistance training so the muscles grow and then also nourish those muscles to grow. So we need excess energy. So we need to eat more than we're currently eating. And eating more is not fun. (laughs) And that sounds so silly to say but eating more uh isn't fun like being full isn't fun like looking at your food and going oh gosh i can't do this anymore that's not fun uh so if you have long-term physique goals there might be periods where you decide okay i'm focusing on building muscle and i'm focusing on gaining weight uh, and i'm going to enjoy this process in a strategic way that's not you're going to eat the whole fridge and the kitchen sink as well because you might face some problems um but making smart decisions to build muscle, really tough. So if you want to look like that model, look like that fitness influencer, uh, you know, look like you have muscle, yeah, it might be a shift in the actual goal, uh, the actual goal to get there. Yeah, and if as long as your your training is on point as well, that's the other thing because it it's not just a free-for-all to eat anything. It's You have to have it all meticulous, the same as you would the other way around. Um, so it's, it's worth having a bit of a think about that as well. Um, but you definitely can eat more than you think. Um, Mm -hmm. but the other thing is you've got to be relatively lean first as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you want to, you want to be relatively lean before you start that, but you can always even look, even as you diet in a diet, you still want to be resistance training. So that doesn't change, does it? It's just the amount of energy that you consume. either way everything else is pretty much the same yeah yeah no i agree Mm. now nick a little birdies told me that you may have a sauna in your house now is that true yes was that birdie me otherwise i don't (laughs) yes i did (laughs) tell you um so i i have got an infrared sauna uh in my laundry um because because Shane and I made a decision that that's something that we wanted to invest in. Mm-hmm. And we got one from the, we actually got it off the factory floor because somebody had uh, put it together and then decided that it was the wrong size for their house. So nobody had actually used it, but we got a really good deal on it because it was seen as damaged. So mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, it was amazing. And it fits where our washing machine is meant to be. So the washing machine is next to it in a different section, but who cares? Like <laughs> we've got a sauna in our house. So yeah. um, we use it at nighttime because we don't want to turn it on all day or anything like that. I and mean, you don't have to have it all day, but we, we do mm-hmm. it at nighttime. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously we haven't had our first electricity bill since we got it. So I think that's going to determine how many times we're allowed to use it. <laughs> so we're not sure, Yeah, but um, it, it's a, uh, Shane reckons it's going to be the same as putting the washing machine on or something. It's not too bad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, so we have, we have got yep. one. So mm-hmm. it was an infrared sauna. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like a one person size, like, you know, yeah, it's about oh, the same it size of washing machine. Two- says that it's a two person size but yeah. to be honest a one one person fits comfortably in it so you could put your feet up if you wanted to mm-hmm. um it's not you can't lie down in it but it's certainly enough room the actual one person one is teeny weeny weeny so this is a two person one but we don't go in it together mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. but we're not really that kind of a couple that wants to hang out all the time so, <laughs> yeah the ritual yeah. is I turn it on at about, see, I need all my rituals, don't I? I turn it on at about quarter to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I go in it at 7.15. It takes me about 10 to 20 minutes, no, probably 20 minutes, and then it's Shane's turn. Mm-hmm. And I go to, I go from about um, 55 degrees to about 60 degrees, and it, it'll be a good 20 minutes, and then I'm out. Mm-hmm. I don't need it for too long. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've never actually been in an infrared sauna. I've been in a traditional sauna um, mm. enough times. Um, infrared sauna, are you sweating? Yes. Yep. So um, it, that was like Shane. He'd only been in one of the wet ones. This one is is dry. You can actually mm. take your phone into it. I don't know how good it is for your phone, but mm. it, unless you get <laughs> manically hot, it, 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 it's not sort of that damp thing that's going to ruin your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it basically heats you up from the inside which sounds terrible but then yeah you end up sweating mm-hmm. and um then if you can hold that sweat for about you know five or six minutes that's about all you need um yeah. i don't i don't think there are any miraculous benefits to it other than um we have both noticed this is anecdotally but we both noticed that our sleep has improved um it could be just the ritual of it though it could be mm-hmm. just unwinding having mm-hmm. a minute to ourselves, that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, yeah. Mm. So uh, I think infrared saunas come back in fashion, uh, becoming really popular again, and lots of folks out there um, are making infrared sauna part of their ritual. So I thought we'd talk about it quickly because I want to did some research mm-hmm. on it. Uh, so firstly, if you've ever been in a sauna, an infrared sauna offers a, a very similar benefit in terms of our health outcomes. The proposed benefits are uh, one improved heart health for a reason that we're not too sure of two is recovery there was a couple of papers that i looked at that grabbed a a few individuals some strength athletes another paper looked at basketballers uh, and looked at their performance they trained um, some of them went and used an infrared sauna some of them didn't and then they trained again i think a few days later and they tried to look at their performance outcomes and those that used the infrared sauna recovered a little bit better and performed a little bit better Mm -hmm. so there's a little bit um, of mild research that supports the idea that it could improve recovery. Next one is that it could improve sleep, like you suggested, Nick, in your anecdotal experience. Some benefits are around this immune health kind of idea, and the others would be around relaxation. Uh, So the benefits 
between a traditional sauna, infrared sauna, very similar. And in cultures, you know, look at the Scandinavian culture all in the Baltic Sea, sauna is just a massive part of their culture with, you know, lots of traditional benefits around that, that method. So in terms of the research, a little bit unsure is actually helpful or not. It's really a little bit unclear, but I think what you said, Nick, where it is a powerful way to relax. It's a powerful way to have a moment to yourself. And that mm. might be giving the, the biggest rocks of benefits in terms of sauna. Like, you know, if you think of heart health, uh, what is linked to poor heart health, things like stress, things like fatigue, things like, um, you know, poor fitness level. So if you are taking a moment to be in a sauna and you just actually, hey, I'm just relaxed, I'm warm and comfortable. Maybe I don't have my phone with me. I'm just kind of like, taking a moment to unwind, how powerful is that for our health? Uh, similar to relaxation. So if you are using it in the evening, you're calming down, everything's just chill, you come out of the sauna, oh, okay, I'm gonna get my shower, get ready for bed. Before you know it, you're asleep, and you have an amazing sleep, great, amazing. And when we think about the big rocks for recovery, yeah, we can spend some time looking at cold plunges and cryotherapy and infrared saunas and stretching and massage, blah, 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 blah. but the big rocks for recovery are always sleep, stress management and nutrition. So they're the big rocks. So if you're sleeping poorly, no matter how much sauna, cryotherapy, massage, any other recovery modality you're trying to throw in there, if you're sleeping trash, forget about it. If you're not eating well, forget about it. If you're stressed out of your eyeballs, forget about it. Like that is not uh, worth your time if you don't have these big rocks in line. So if you're sitting there on the fence being like, oh, infrared sauna, sauna, oh, it looks pretty cool. Maybe I should be doing that. That might be, the giving me the extra one percent in my you know fitness goals my body transformation what i'm trying to achieve i would suggest that you take a moment take a step back review things like your sleep your stress your nutrition if they're all in a line great sauna is your deal but if your sleep stress nutrition aren't great start there before you even worry about these other things that's right i mean shane and i prior to that um each one of us would have a we'd have a ritual of going on a walk together and then one person would have a bath and then the other so um a warm bath so we, we always had that sort of warmth at night time to calm down mm -hmm. um but yeah it's just it's all a bit of it's all a bit of a ritual find your ritual mm -hmm. yeah mm. totally agree Nick, let's get ready to wrap up this podcast. I want to highlight our all-stars for the week. So firstly, we, well, in no particular order, we have Catherine Breers, who's done lots of weekly check-ins, who's kicking goals left, right, and center. So congratulations to Catherine. We have Gary Morley, who has been really active in the over 50s thread on our forum. So he's been supporting lots of the folks who are over 50. So congratulations to Gary, one of our all-stars for the week. Next, we have Cassandra Hunter. And now Cassandra listens to this podcast. Hopefully she's listened to this part here. Um, I we, We've answered some of her questions in the past and she's kind of come out a little bit over the past week. And I think this really encompasses what the All-Stars celebration is meant to be where, hey, you might've been you know quiet or fallen off the wagon a few weeks ago, but you might've joined this week. This is your week. And Cassandra, this is her week. She's come out, she's made herself a little bit more known in our social hub and on the forum. Um, and, uh, and just making yourself present, putting it out there into the ether, saying, hey, I'm doing this thing. So Cassandra, kicking goals, we love that. Next, we have Amy Godsell is really active on places like our Facebook group and on our social hub, and she's completed all our courses. Congratulations to Amy. 
And finally, we have Cassie Mather or Cassie Lucy, um, who's been really active across um, Facebook, our forum, asking lots of questions um, and overall kicking goals. So congratulations to our all-stars for the week. It's not too late for you to be an all-star. All you need to do is let us know what you're up to, show us how you're kicking goals, uh, and you could win yourself a prize pack next week. So exciting. Well done, guys, everybody. It's so good. Nick, let's wrap it up there for this episode of the Rise Method Podcast. If you love this episode, let us know. We'll catch you next week for the next one. Thanks, guys.